Hello, everybody. This is Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Travel Tales Podcast. I am the host of said podcast coming through your ear holes right now. That sounds a little dirty. Don't mean it that way, but hey, enjoy it as I cruise right through your ear canal with my silky golden tones. Ooh, this is getting weird. Anyway... My guest today is Kathy Bianchi, and uh, more on her in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the website. That's TravelTalesPodcast.com. That is the home of this podcast, where not only can you download the episodes or listen to them right there. Some of you are listening to it at the website right now. But uh, some of you are listening to it on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. And you can find links to iTunes and Stitcher Radio on the website, which is, of course, TravelTalesPodcast.com. And if you're on iTunes, why not give us a good rating? That helps people find the show, uh, boosts our presence there, and helps me move up in the ranks of travel podcasts. And that will be a cool, cool thing for you to do. And again, it costs you nothing. I say that every week, but uh, I don't ask for much from you. But I do ask that you, uh, if you do anything, uh, give us a good rating on iTunes, and that helps people find us. Also, if you want to write me, it's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank the people who wrote me uh, and gave me some Ireland suggestions. I'm leaving this week with Mom to Ireland, and I'm not going to lie to you, I'm a little nervous. This is like a week and a half of uh, one-on-one mom time, and that's probably more than I've had with her uh, maybe in my entire life on a one-on-one basis. So I hope we don't drive each other crazy. But, um, you know, when it comes to travel, a lot of people put it off. They think they can do it when they retire. Uh, My dad was one of those people. And uh, what happened is his body fell apart on him, and he passed away at 67. So you just never know. And he always said to me, you got to do it while you can. So that's what I'm doing. And while my mom can still get around, although my sister warned me that her knee is uh, worse than she's letting on. So we're going to have to slow the pace down, I have a feeling. But uh, other than that, she's still healthy. And I wanted to do this while she was still healthy and can appreciate it and everything else. So you just never know when uh, their bodies will give out on them, or your own. Heck, i got to do it while I can still get around. And uh, not to get morbid or anything, but uh, let's get to the show, shall we? Kathy Bianchi is a friend of mine who I've known for uh, over 20 years. We met in Chicago back in the day. We'll talk about this all during the episode, but uh, she's very inspiring. Is someone who uh, left the country. She moved to London, Made a lot of money in real estate in London, then decided she probably wanted to see the sun again in her lifetime, and moved to Mexico, and uh, bought more property there, and all at uh, a young age, you know, so you can do this. It's very possible. So she's been almost like semi-retired, really, uh, in, in her 30s. So that's inspiring. So all you budding entrepreneurs out there, take a listen and enjoy my talk with the lovely and charming Kathy Bianchi. When was the last time you were in America? Uh, July. <laughs> Why did I think it was so long? I, th- I thought it was like a long time when you were... No, I come back every year for Christmas, and then sometimes. Oh, that's right. Sometimes in the summer. Okay. Yeah, so I was just home in July. So, so to go from Mexico City, mm-hmm. gigantic Mexico City, to the population of what is your town in Illinois? Uh, well, we're Granville, up to, Granville, Illinois. We're up to one thousand four hundred. Whoa! Yeah, we, from the one thousand four digits. Yeah, from the one thousand two hundred when I was in high school there. <laughs> it's so, booming. Some somehow we we gained two hundred people. How far outside of Chicago is that? Two hours. But it feels like two lights. That is, you know, I tell people that from here because they don't think, you know, because I, I try to describe like to Californians who know nothing about Illinois. Uh-huh. And uh, I say, well, without Chicago and the suburbs, Illinois is Iowa. I mean, it's <laughs> right. Indiana. Right. I mean, there's nothing. Nothing. It's, it's, 
farm towns. And everyone, farm everyone says, oh, so you're from Southern Illinois then? Because everything outside of Chicago, you know, Southern five Illinois. minutes, is Southern That's Illinois. South, yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> Southern but Southern Illinois, Illinois is, like is the South. I mean, they got like accents and stuff down there. People and, in Bloomington, Illinois have accents. Yeah, it's crazy, I have isn't cousins it? that I'm like, That's, it's three hours. <laughs> why, <laughs> why do y'all talk like this? Right, right. <laughs> so, okay, give me the projection of you you were in because we met back in chicago in the early 90s yeah. back kids in a time we call the 90s <laughs> uh man it's been over 20 years Isn't i know crazy? i was thinking about that, that i can't crazy? believe i've known you for 20 years um and then what year did you go to london 98 okay 98 so what was the catalyst to go to london i mean were you that sick of America, or no, did you did you get a job? Not at all. It was a, I, it was a three month project for work, and um, I was actually still at Second City at the time. Okay. And we were on a break after a show, and I got this opportunity for work to go for three months. And nine years later, I left. <laughs> <laughs> and for your work, you were a, a headhunter. I was in house recruitment, so yeah, I started off as a headhunter, but I had gone in house with major corporations. Okay, yeah. So what was the what was the corporation? What was that brought you to London? It was a it was a small IT company called um, Technology Solutions Company. Okay, so now had you have, have you by that at that time had you been to Europe? Had you been to London at all? I'd never been to London. I'd only been to Europe once. I'd been to Amsterdam for ten days. Well, what, what about London hit you so hard that said, I'm going to stay? I like it. Um, I, this sounds horribly geeky, but really it was the work. I was having so much fun at the work, and I loved the people I was working with, and the job was great, and it was a European role, so I was traveling a lot and seeing a lot. Oh, so they would send you all over Europe? Yes, yeah, so it was, it was oh, a European sweet. role. Yeah, it was great. That was great. Oh, so as a matter of fact, travel all around Europe. For the last few years that I was there, I was leaving London once a month to go to another country. Just a long weekend in Spain, a long weekend in Italy. It's so easy weekend. there. Yeah, so you can go easy. anywhere. That, that's what I miss the most, actually, about leaving London. Oh, yeah, so how long? Ten years there? How long were you there? Almost, just over nine and a bit. Nine okay. And a bit, yeah. So when did the whole real estate thing start? It started when I was... I think uh, I stayed in two of your... Uh, flats in London I think at so. some point. And one was in five. Kensington, uh-huh. and the fr- Rotherhive. Right. Right oh on- my god, that one wasn't mine. That, that one wasn't was yours? A, that was a rental. Oh really? That was right on the river. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's actually how I got my start in real estate because when they took me off the next pat package and I was going to have to start paying all of my own bills. Oh. Uh, rent in central London is ungodly expensive. Mm-hmm. So. Being the fiscally wise woman I am, I decided I was not going to be spending that money in rent, so I was going to be looking to buy. Okay. So now we're talking late 90s? Mm, 2000. Okay. So now we're in the tech bubble. No one's thinking about real estate. Mm Mm-mm. Good timing. Good timing on your part. It was actually it was a very lucky accident. See, <laughs> I wish I could say I was so smart and so. Why don't I have these accidents? Because that's know. when I, I I finally made some kind of money in the late nineties, and I was like, I got to get in on this tech thing. Yeah. There's nothing, and then crash. Yeah. Just like in two thousand six, I got to get in on this real estate <laughs> crash. I mean, just so anybody listening, do the act, exact opposite of what I do. Just if I'm buying, you sell. Sell exactly. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. Exactly. And I have good intentions. You right. know what I mean? It's just like I'm not a crazy spender. I just I want to save. So I want to try to, and I get burned. Yep. You're fiscally wise. I know. I I you are normally. Oh, God. And so yeah. anyway, what was it? Where was your first apartment? In Chelsea. Flat, I'm sorry. Flat. In Chelsea. Ooh, che- well, yes, Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah. Te- it had a Chelsea postcode, so it was technically Chelsea, but it was kind of on the very, very right. border. <laughs> was like it the hard? last possible street, you could still be in Chelsea. Like <laughs> selling or buying as a foreigner in London, was that hard? As long as you had the money, they didn't care. <laughs> right. Okay. And, I, and I had a work permit, so I had a visa to be there. So, so it really wasn't that hard. Right. And it's not third world. I mean, you right. can, there's exactly. ways to go. Okay. But I always wonder about like here... Standard, well, before that, boom. I mean, you put like 20% down mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Is that the same way does it work in most countries? Or? Yeah, at least it, it, it does throughout 20%? Europe. 20%? Is that fact, what they ask? I think, I think there, if I remember correctly, it was usually it was 25% minimum. Wow. 25 to 30. Okay. Yeah. Oof. So but, you put it down. You got the little Chelsea flat. But it's smart because it saves you from the, you know, hey, buy with nothing down or yeah. 1% down and then watch well, the, the way market it always eat supposed to be. Right. Right. And now they're back to doing it, but you, they always should have been doing that. Exactly. Um, so, okay. So you get this new you, Chelsea, mm-hmm. very shishi, uh, posh neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, did you did it need a lot of work? Did you fix it? Needed it needed a ton of work, and I had no clue what I was doing. See, now that scared me too. And then I bought a place that was like turnkey, ready to go in. 
but then you don't oh, make man. as much no, money. No, not at all. I, you, I bought from a nice gay men. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> so they did all the Smart. work. They did everything, you know? Exactly. No, I had no clue what I was doing. And it was lucky I was pretty naive because I, I just thought, oh, I can do that. I'll figure it out. Right. I'll figure it out. Yeah. What did you learn? How to do it. I mean, I just, it was kind of learn as you go. Well, how, well, like, in what would be the difference there than America? Like, in terms of the work being done? And I think, from what I understand, because I've really never done it here, it's the regulations. You need a freaking permit for every little thing here. Oh, well, I want to change that curtain. You know, write to the Homeowners Association <laughs> yeah. and get permission. But London, I would think, you know, we learned that from the English. Yeah. Most of the rules, most yeah. of the rules in London is regarding the outside of the house because it's all protected. They want to keep the look. Yeah. Okay. So even it, I wanted to change the windows because they were rotting out of my very first place, and because they were originally wood windows, you had to have had to oh. put back other wood windows. That's not to say that I did, but technically <laughs> right. you had to. So how many different places did you buy and sell in London? I did five places in six years. Five places in six years. Yeah. And you caught the amazing wave of real estate. Yeah. Wow, what timing. That's great. Yeah. It was, so then, it was good. after all that time in London and traveling all around Europe, you would always post these photos of you just jet-setting all around Europe. We're in Ibiza this week. Exactly. Ooh, look at us. We're going to Sweden just for lunch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Never been to Sweden, but okay. <laughs> but I get your point. Well, you know what I meant. <laughs> you know what I meant, you wise-ass. <laughs> right, Italy. <laughs> okay. Um, favorite place in all of London? <clears throat> in all of or, London? I mean, all of, uh, yeah, let's start with London. I, I, I can't answer any favorite questions, not even color, not even music, because by picking a favorite, I have to exclude everything else. Okay. Your favorite uh, thing about London, your favorite thing about living there? The proximity to everywhere else. Yeah. That, honest to God. I mean, I love London, don't get me wrong, but that my favorite thing is how close and easy it was to get anywhere else. And not just Europe, the world. The world. I, I always tell people, if you're in one of those hubs in, in Europe, yeah. you're about 11 hours max flight to anywhere in the world. Pretty Africa, yep. Asia. You know, everywhere, everywhere, so as opposed to living here, which is the worst place to live. Oh, everywhere no, except There's probably the, worse. But well, you know, I mean, distance-wise, <laughs> yeah. in terms of the rest of the world, if you like traveling in the world, this is terrible. Yeah, because sure. you, it's convenient to the Pacific Rim, and that's it. Yeah, Mexico's And Hawaii. Not, Mexico's not so easy either. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, okay, we'll get to Mexico in a bit. Um, was it uh, any regrets about your time spent in London? No. No, it was it was great. It was an amazing nine plus years. Really. So why did you want to leave? You wanted to see the sun again eventually in your no, lifetime. No, I'll be honest with you. I got tired of having to plan two weeks in advance just to do something as random as having dinner with my best friend. There's nothing spontaneous. Everything is planned down to the minute. Um, you mean personally or yeah. through work? No, people's lives are are maybe it's just maybe in fairness maybe it's just central London in. The corporate world, because most of my friends were working in that. Right. They're busy. Yeah. And, and I then just, they started having kids, and then you really don't see them again. True. But see, I, I wasn't working. I left the corporate world in 2006. So I, I retired the first time in 2004, then again in 2006. First, well, the first time. <laughs> yeah. Then I was... Then I was. They pulled you back in, Godfather back style. In, exactly. But you so were making... I had nobody to play with. That was part of the problem. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I was 35 years here. old and I wanted to play. And there you should have moved no here in L.A. where there's nothing but people hanging around exactly. all day. Exactly. Looking for work. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So why... Then you moved to Mexico. Right. Why Mexico? Of anywhere in the, in the world you, you could know, have gone. It, because I wasn't really intending to move there. It was, I have, my life is a series of amazing accidents. So I wanted <laughs> to kind of chill out on the beach for a while. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll buy a piece of property on the beach and maybe have some, some rental units where it can make me some money. I'll spend a few months a year there and then go back to London, do another flat, and then go back to Mexico. Right. Well, but was, why Mexico instead of like, uh, say, anywhere like Spain or um, uh, because Spain South America? Because Spain is bloody expensive. Yeah. Um, South America is far away. And I had been going to Mexico for 10, 15 years on vacation with my family. Okay. And so always, you, you kind of knew always, it. Just the beach resorts, but it was nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, nice people, nice weather. And more affordable. And much more affordable, yeah. Okay, so now we're in about 2006. Uh, economy, huge now. Real estate, huge. Mm -hmm. And now you want to buy something in Mexico. Yeah. Okay. So now you're doing the Seagull style. You're going to buy at the peak, right? <laughs> right. Okay, okay. <laughs> Finally. 
some uh, a chink in the armor here. No, no, it it didn't chink though. I was sorry, Mike. I wish Damn I it. could tell you it chinked. It Damn it! Chink. Damn you! <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, but this is what I remember. When you said you were going to Mexico, at first it was about you were going to build a hotel, yep. an eco-friendly hotel. Yep. Tell me what happened with that. So I, when I started looking for this little piece of land with maybe some rental units or a little piece of property, a house or something. Um, the prices were ridiculous on the beach. So a realtor happened to show me this piece of land, an acre and a quarter of beachfront property on the beach, about six miles outside of Acapulco Center. And I crunched the numbers and realized that I could build for a lot less, buy the land and build for less than I could buy these dumps that needed work. So again, I just thought, ah, how hard can it be? I can Mm -hmm. do that. Sure. So I bought the land. Uh, moved down to Mexico and had the plans drawn off for this awesome hotel. And then it got time to kind of put that first brick in the ground. And I thought, this is a massive commitment. I better be sure this is what I really want to do. So it was Easter. I took myself out. I took myself to Oaxaca for, for a week <laughs> and did some soul searching and realized that I was probably more excited about the actual the idea design of doing and the it. idea than, than actually doing it. And I decided I was too young and wanted to... Because you, I think, as you put it, at the time, you said this was going to be probably six, seven years of your life where yeah. you wouldn't be able to leave. Exactly. Not only the building of it, but getting it up and running. Yep. And I didn't want to turn it over to somebody else. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, but you could just sell it. Like, it's that easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you're going to sell your car, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you can just have somebody else arrange it for you. Yeah, no. What did the plans look like? How, how big was it going to be? Uh, it was going to be 22 rooms. Okay. Two stories, kind of in the shape of a V with the opening part of the V looking out to the... Out to the sea it's a cool with a thing cool to, pool in the middle. It's exciting to build a hotel, though, isn't it? I mean, uh, the idea was awesome. Yes, <laughs> idea, could you it sell was the a plans? Great idea. Could you at least sell the plans to somebody? No, well, there's your chink. I yeah. lost money on the plans. Oh, you had to pay. I like, had to pay the guy to do the plans, and I lost mm-hmm. money on the plans. Okay, yeah. so now you got this bare piece of land. Yeah, and uh, you don't want to build anything on it now. How about just a house? Yeah, it was, no, it was worth too much to just build a house. Okay. Yeah. Do you still have this piece of land? No, I sold it. Hey, finally. Okay. Yeah, I sold it. Soon? Quickly? No, it, it was a, well, it was slow. When I bought the land, I was a bit of the laughing stock. Nobody had ever paid that much for it. Look at this gringa. Uh, stupid gringa. What does she know? <laughs> She'll never get her money back on the land. Mm-hmm. Well, what I realized, what it was it was the last completely vacant piece of beachfront land available in this whole strip. So on the beach, it had its own on beach? On the beach. No, it was it was the beach. <laughs> oh, great. An acre and a quarter on the beach. Oh, that's so, nice. So I thought I got it for a bargain. <clears throat> and when I went to sell it, I thought, well, this I, when you have the last of an item, you can pretty much ask whatever you want. Somebody can say it's too expensive and you can say, okay, it is too expensive. But guess what? It's the last one. So if you really want it, yeah, that's you'll come back. Pay. So I, I just... <laughs> Under, I just almost tripled my money. Didn't quite triple it. Oh my it. god! I hate you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so now yeah. you're sitting there. So I was no longer the laughing stock. <laughs> right. So, so what year did you sell that? Uh, I guess that was about two years ago. Two not no, almost three years ago. Oh, the, you, you held on to it for a while. About three years. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took me about three years to sell it for the price I wanted. Uh, yeah, at a girl. Yeah. So okay, so while this thing's, you got this bare piece of land. Now you got to live somewhere though. Yeah. So what did you do? Well, I was renting a tiny little dumpy little house. A casita? A little casita, yeah. A little casita? A little casita. And in the meantime, I was looking for a project, looking for something I could, you know, remodel. I was ideally looking for kind of a little maybe two, three bedroom place. And I accidentally stumbled on this massive 10,000 square foot Shell of a house. 10,000 square foot. So yeah. this, this... It's not quite a casita. All right. <laughs> um, so this, is, this sounds like something that somebody started during the boom and then it all went bust. Well, so it's... There's a lot of those shells all over the world right There now, are, right? yeah. But this was kind of a sad little story where this guy who happened to be an architect was, was building this amazing house of his own and his brother loved it and said, I want one. So they bought the, the lot of land next door. And they started building the brother's house. And then they had a falling out, as people do. Right. And the brother said, piss off. I don't want to live next to you. And left his brother stuck with a half-built house. So they put the house in the market. 
and the neighbors on the other side of the house bought the house with the idea that they would finish it and eventually move into it. And then life got in the way and their kids were growing up. And next thing they know, their kids are out of the house. They've got grandkids and they're too old to manage the four stories of stairs. So wow. they put it on the market. Four and, stories. Yeah, it's four stories. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a big house. Okay. So I remember you showing the plans of this place you bought and we were like, oh, that needs... It was a shell. Literally a shell. There literally was no shell. walls. Concrete and, shell. That's it. And um, it was going to take a lot of work. A lot and of remember work. You and saying, a lot of money. <laughs> yes. And I remember you saying it was going to take... Oh, this will be like six months to yeah, a year. Yeah, six months to a year. How long yeah. did it take? Two, Two years. years. And um, I, I try to warn people... Like I mean, all all the places I've gone, like Central America and stuff like that. You go to Panama, you go to Costa Rica. There's just expats all over the place. Mm-hmm. There, people are retiring down there. And I go, well, it's not like building a place here. Yeah, you have to deal. There's a different work ethic. Yeah, it should have taken six <laughs> months to a year. But here no, it, it would. Yeah, it, it should have, but no. Okay. No. What did you learn first and foremost about the Mexican uh, construction? business that the, the two words you fear most are don't worry yeah. don't worry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or manana yeah, manana kathy don't worry okay so in terms of like contracts and stuff do they mean anything what, what contracts okay <laughs> no the contracts and stuff when you're when you're buying property that's they hold water they're they're legit and they will hold it in court but you don't really you don't hire a building crew you you hire your individual laborers do the job okay. so you go and you hire a bricklayer and you go and you hire an electrician and a plumber is that one and main the, contractor um usually it's an architect and because at the time i didn't speak spanish i hired an english-speaking architect who's the nicest guy in the world but man is he a crap project manager okay. <laughs> that's what the other thing it was gonna yeah. you know so people didn't know you moved down there not really knowing spanish did you nope that's pretty bold. I learned fast. Yeah, that's pretty bold. How did you learn? Yeah. Did you take a, a class? or did I, did, you... I, t- I immediately started taking classes an hour and a half a day, five days a week for okay. 10 months. And now you're totally fluent. But yeah, pretty much. That's great. Yeah. To an American, I'm fluent. Yeah, to, exactly. to the Mexicans, I'm pretty good. <laughs> well, you said I just picked you up at the train station. You just came up from San Diego. Yeah. And some guy just started talking to you out of nowhere in Spanish. Yeah. I, I didn't even click that. That I was speaking back to him in Spanish and why he picked me to speak Spanish. I Maybe you've no adopted idea. a uh, Mexican look in the, all these years. yeah. Hey, there, mamacita. There, there are no fake boobs on this body. <laughs> no fake lips. No Come fake. estas. <laughs> is, that, is that popular? No, that's more like a uh, Venezuela thing. Acapulco, isn't it? it's, there's a oh, lot of Acapulco. plastic. Yeah, it's a lot of plastic. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about Acapulco in a minute. But first, I want to like go back to the building. Mm-hmm. So... Um, when I see all the, the real estate stuff there, when I was in Costa Rica, there was like these Hawaiian guys who ran the uh, hotel and uh, the surf camp that I went mm-hmm. to. But I was asking them about buying there. And from what I've heard in Mexico, it's not buying like in Costa Rica and Panama is much different than buying, say, in Mexico. Mexico, I heard that you need a local, a citizen to buy the land. Like a foreigner no. can't own land there or something. Like they can you, always just take it back, the government, no, if they want. It. You can't have it. Registered in your name within 30, I think it's kilometers from the border. And the beaches are considered the border. So you can buy it in one of two ways. Either you um, put it in what's called a fideicomiso, which is a bank trust, which that's probably what 90% of the people do. Or you can open a Mexican company with foreign investment. And that's because my original plan was to, to buy a, or to build a hotel. Uh, that's what I did to buy the land. So I technically, on paper, have a Mexican company. Okay, you started a corporation. Exactly. Okay, and that corporation pays. So that corporation bought the land. Gotcha. Exactly. And then you, so that, but they pay Mexican taxes and. Yep. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then when I bought the house, I did that in through a bank trust, and they're they're. We say uh, bank trust. That that means you just. It's basically put in the name of a trust. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you pay it. Well, you do that here. Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's. Nothing to be afraid of. I mean, there's so, really no risk of somebody whipping it out from under you. Yeah. What is the rumor that I've heard about the, that, like, the government like, Just owns... a rumor, I think. Okay. But you can't be... What was it? 30 kilometers from the beach? You you can, but you can't do... For example, my house in Mexico City is in my name because, it, because it's far You're not from by the, the border. Borders. Okay. But the one in Acapulco is in the name of a bank... Or is in a bank trust. So it's to keep up foreign people and foreigners from buying every bit of the beach. I think that's, that's what it is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess I can kind of see that. Yeah. So uh, tell me about the 
<laughs> I always hear about this, any building anywhere outside of the U.S. And even here, the, uh, the amount of bribery that needs to be done. Um, does the building, quote unquote, inspector come by and say, oh, what are you building here? Yeah, they, they mm-hmm. do. Okay. Um, I don't think it's as bad as people think or as bad as it could be. What I learned quite quickly there was you can get by in Mexico by just bribing everybody for anything. But I think a lot of that really doesn't have to be done if you just if you just have a little bit of patience and push people to actually do their jobs because they will come by and ask for bribes really because they don't want to do their job and put in the work. Okay. Um, they could make your life really difficult, but I'll be honest, I really didn't have many problems with that at all. So there's like a um, <laughs> so there's like a building inspector. There's a mayor, I'm sure. Of somebody. Mayor, okay. Yeah, we have mayors. I know, but I mean, who has his hand out? That's what I want to know. Like, Everybody has. And then the police out. then shows up. Yeah, they've got their hand out too. Okay. But, but, then the, but it really wasn't that bad. Though. Yeah, it does. It pisses me off quite a lot. Um, but really, in the building, I didn't. I didn't have a lot. As a matter of fact, in Mexico City, the, people went. I felt above and beyond for me, and helping me to get the permits and things without ever asking for a penny. Maybe it was because I was a single female and they felt pity on me. I don't know, but well, that was the other thing, though. I mean, but really, it was not bad at all. As a uh, a woman, you know, this is a very macho society. Um, dealing with a woman, did you feel that a little condescension? Oh, a little... yeah, they did not want to deal with me at all. We could, if it was me and the architect and a worker, I would say something to the worker, and they were, would reply to the architect. It's like, excuse me, I'm the one paying your bills, not him. Right. You know. I'm the boss. You needed an actor to play uh, uh, exactly. like your husband to come right. down. I would have done that. Just, I know. I should have hired you. Yeah. <laughs> What's all this? The, you know, the guy who exactly. can't speak Spanish. That's right. I couldn't either. Useless. Totally right. po- totally useless. So um, how many places have you built in Mexico City? Well, for first of all, say, okay, you finally finished the house there. Finally finished the house there. Now you're in later. this gigantic house, and it looks mm-hmm. beautiful from the photos I've seen. Thank you. It's beautiful. Um, and then you were there for like a year. Or something, right? Yeah. Well, and for a then, few months after I finished Yeah, it. right. And they're like, you know what? I'm bored. Yeah, that was pretty much I'm gonna it. I'm going to go to Mexico City. <laughs> I'm bored in Acapulco. Okay, but this is, now we can talk about Acapulco. Now, from what I've heard, I mean, this place was the shit in the 50s. Yep. And then it kind of went downhill. Yeah. What happened? <clears throat> well, I think what happens in, sadly, all around Mexico is that uh, a lot of people, the, the big hotel owners and club owners... We're making loads of money, and they don't want to put anything back in the business. It goes all in their pocket. So the hotels so, got run down. Yeah, and th- quite frankly, a lot of them. I mean, we have some amazing hotels there, but eighty percent of the hotels are crap. crap and run down. And it's like put a coat of paint on the walls for God's sake. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it, it needs just cosmetic stuff, but nobody wants to put the money back in it. And uh, somebody else told me, I think it was like a flight attendant or something. He said, "I met." And we, he, or some guy, he goes in there all the time, but he said it was just the saddest thing. You would go and the, uh, in the water mm-hmm. is really polluted, you know, yeah. like they would, they just find like shopping carts and stuff and everything in the water. <laughs> and you're like, what? It's this yeah. beautiful beach. It could be so much more. Yeah. The, the <clears throat> Acapulco Bay, which is what you typically are seeing in pictures. Most of the locals never go down there. <sighs> and the sad part about that is it's, it's tourists that do it, but it's not foreign tourists. It's Mexican tourists. It's Mexican tourists, and typically they're kind of poorer people from the outskirts of Mexico City that are coming down literally in the back of a pickup with two generations in oh, yeah. in the back of the truck. They will either camp out on the beach or not even necessarily staying in hotels. They'll change their kids' diapers and throw the diapers in the bay. And it's, Jesus. So, it's, like the, it's like the Redneck Riviera it's, of the – Honestly, and it's, <laughs> it's so sad because it's Daytona stunningly beach. beautiful. It's yeah. stunningly beautiful, but it's so sad. So th- th- we we locals, yeah, we we really never go down to the bay. It's beautiful to look at from above, from the view of your nice house. So why did and you pick? Well, so why Acapulco as opposed to like say the Gulf side or something? Because buying an acre and a quarter of beachfront land in Acapulco was about a tenth of the cost of buying yeah. it in Playa del Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, I can yeah, see that. Yeah, that's that's why I could afford it. That's okay, dollars and cents. That's but it. But you're there, and so what, what? Who makes up the locals of the community? Is a lot of expats. A lot of surprisingly, there are there are a lot of expats, but not expats in you know bankers who have been transferred there. You're talking about somebody that 30 years ago went, came down to Acapulco on vacation with their parents, fell in love with a Mexican, right? And got married and stayed, and then you've got your whole retiree okay. group of people. But there, believe it or not, there are a lot of foreigners down there still. Still, yeah, still. 
Okay. So are there a cruise ship business? Is there is that a port where they Uh there was, if you remember the Love boat stopped. They in did, Acapulco. yeah. They always stopped. And Puerto Vallarta. And Puerto Vallarta, yeah. Puerto Vallarta, Acapulco. Mazatlan. Yeah. Mazatlan. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. Acapulco. I think um, that's the first time I ever heard the word Acapulco I think, me was too. the love boat. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Julie McCoy. Julie McCoy, Acapulco. Yeah. <laughs> and do they, have the cruise ship stopped or are they still yeah, there? Yeah, they, they stopped in, I think, 2012. I think that's when they stopped. Well, when the and cruise I ship stopped of, coming. That, I mean, that that's was, bad. It was a death. Yep. Wow. It was really bad. And if I am correct, I think a few have started coming back. Where did they go instead? They still go to Puerto Vallarta? That's a question. They still go to Puerto Vallarta. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. So, I mean, how many hours of driving from Mexico City to Acapulco? Four. Four hours. Four hours door to door. Yep. Okay. Well, from my door to my door. <laughs> right. It's a big city, Mexico City, so. I know. Okay, so when did the move to Mexico City happen? You were bored shitless in Acapulco. Is that what it? Bored out of my brain in Acapulco. Well, moving from London to Acapulco was a little it's bit slow. of a difference. Yeah, it was. You're too young to I, exactly, sit I, there and do I nothing. Exactly. I wanted a slower pace of life, but. You got it. Yeah, I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 10,000 uh, exactly. square feet. What were you doing yep. with all that space? There's, that's a good question. Not a whole hell of a lot. That's why I needed to get out. <laughs> but I, I, from the photos, I remember seeing like there was um, the, the concrete uh, sofas or something, and you just put like a you put cushions on top. It's all built in. Yeah, um, that's that's very popular in Acapulco and many of the beach resorts because um, anything made out of wood, the the bugs and the salt air just, just eats it, eat away. it away. Okay, eat it away. So even. We, the good thing is you never have to buy beds, just mattresses, because right. all the bed bases are concrete. The other good thing is scorpions can't live underneath them. Oh, my God. Yeah, we've got those little buggers. Oof. Yeah. Okay, have you, you got them like crawling through the house, a scorpion? Yeah, every now and again you'll see one. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are they deadly? I mean, it's like... No, 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 not at all. They're not? No. A friend, a friend of mine, that, well, some can be, apparently, but if you're maybe a, an infant or something... Oh, geez, that's no. scary. I haven't been stung yet. Knock on wood. Okay. And now you yeah. can address the big thing that Americans worry about now. And because and you Ebola met- is not in Acapulco. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, about Mexico. Oh, right. Okay. I know, because everybody's worried about the crime. Right. And so you've been saying ever since this thing is really blown up, um, it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Is no. that true? Yeah, that's true. I think, I mean, for a while, people, people thought we were tripping over bodies in Acapulco. Um. It it was never in the tourist areas. It was all kind of way out where you'd never venture. As and the a border tourist. town, like Tijuana and places like that, are not good. Exactly. No, the border. Yeah, I think the border towns are still pretty messed up. Sadly, yeah. I mean, the things that were happening, it wasn't like they were making it up. Bad things are happening, and they probably still are happening, but they're not happening anywhere tourists right. would be going. Well, now not if you have half a brain. <laughs> when did you decide to put this giant house up for sale? Um, pretty much right after it was finished. (laughs) And were there no big giant, uh, narco drug lords looking for a 10,000 square foot house? No, they probably were. But at the same time that the crime wave hit, they also really cracked down on money laundering. So it kind of stopped the narcos from turning up with suitcases full of cash. I know. Damn government. Now they want to not be corrupt. (laughs) I'm ready to launder your money. Look at this house. Exactly. I'll happily take your suitcases. Think of it as a big laundry machine. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So then you say, okay, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go to Mexico City where things are happening. The big city. Exactly. One of the biggest in the world. Was it 25 million people or something? That's what they say. That's insane. That's insane. That is nuts. So, okay, you go to, did you know anything about Mexico City? Did you, what did you know about it? Not a whole lot. I probably knew two people there. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. But I have heard there are some amazing parts of it. I I know nothing about it. No, there really are some amazing parts to it. And a lot of people don't realize it's one of the most cosmopolitan cities on the earth, there are parts of Mexico City. If you're sitting at a cafe, you could be in New York, Paris, London. You, it's very European. It's um, we've oh, got to go. We've got a, a few restaurants that are in the, listed in the top fifty in the world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pretty cool place. So, I, and I also hear it's uh, cooler than you think it would be because of the elevation, right? Lots cooler than you'd think. As a matter of fact, I have electric blankets on every bed in my house in Mexico City. Oh, really? Yeah. If you could compare it to a U.S. city, uh, weather-wise. Oh. I don't know. I'd say in the summer, the average is probably about like 78 degrees, 78 to kind of 82 or 84 in the summer. Oh, that's, that's great. That's pretty much it. That's as hot as it gets? Yeah. I mean, you have your days where it might get hotter. Um, in the winter, I would say average, it probably gets down into the 40s, but it can... What's like here? I've had it below zero. Oh. Uh-huh. But yeah, I would say your average in the 40s to 
upper 70s, low 80s. Sounds like L.A. No wonder they all come here. Exactly. <laughs> they feel like they're home. So, okay, what was the hardest thing about Mexico City? That's a good question. Well, that was the first project I did where now I knew Spanish and I did not want to pay an architect that would actually make the project a year longer than it should last. So you're going to so do this So I decided yourself. I was going to do this one on my own. Okay. And I got really lucky. I found some really great workers. <clears throat> nothing but just word of mouth and good luck. And what I didn't know in Spanish, I quickly learned in Spanish. Right. But the guys were really, really patient with me and... Yeah, it's a good, I found some good, honest people. Have you ever had a, uh, the stories? Didn't you have a story about like you ordered a bunch of stuff and then you paid for, uh, like, say, tile or something delivered? Oh, my God. And then... I, yes, this was, in, this was in Acapulco. Okay. What happened there? Yeah, I, I, it's a 10,000-square-foot house, which is pretty much all marble tile throughout. It's a lot of tile. It's a lot of tile. I think if I remember correctly, it was two and a half tons of, of oh marble God. tile. So I ordered the tile from a company. And put in my down payment and got a phone call and said, yeah, your, your tile's here. So just make the final deposit and we'll have it to your place by tomorrow. I said, no, you give me the tile tomorrow and I'll make yeah. the final deposit. <laughs> oh, no, Kathy, we'd love to do that. But not the pretty oh, cool no. Don't worry. Don't worry. No problema. Don't worry. <clears throat> so uh, he said, no, unfortunately, the, the main uh, distributor won't release it from – from the warehouse until you make the final payment. So I make the final payment. Oh. And the next day, no tile. And the next day, no tile. <sighs> and then I start calling and they stop answering the phone. And then I go to the store because they actually had a storefront. And they're closed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Long story short, it does have a happy ending where I was able to get my money back. But that was because I paid from a credit card. And You the canceled card, the credit card? No, the card gave me the, the money back. They covered the it? They covered it. I was totally shocked, but they covered it. Oh my gosh, that's, it was that's a UK great. credit card. Oh, yeah, thank, thank God. God. But it was like twenty thousand dollars. No way. Yeah, it was a lot of money. And the card covered it. Yep, that's amazing. Yeah, twenty. Oh, really amazing because because had I paid cash for that, I would have never seen that money. Yep. Oh, well, you got really lucky. Yeah, I got really lucky. But what? Oh, that sucks. Yep, that sucks. So they just saw uh, this is like the biggest order we're ever going to get. Let's just grab it yeah, well, and fold it. What happened fold was up shop and, that, so and, then I called the main distributor, and they told me that they had had many complaints about this company doing the same thing. So apparently they took a lot of deposits, oh. and then just closed up shop. And then I found out that the owner of this company I ordered it from was a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so forget trying to go after him. Why is he? He was a lawyer. He could. But you can get a lawyer. Yeah, I could get a lawyer, but this is Mexico. That's true. And I'm a foreigner. Boy, that's that sucks. You know, yeah. Ah, that's awful. So well, that's so. Any of the problems like that in Mexico City? Nope, didn't have any. Well, you not learned like your that. lesson. I learned my You're lesson. You're not putting helpful <laughs> deposit down. No, as a matter of fact, when I I also had bought my marble tile for the place in Mexico City, and I wasn't going to buy through a shop at all. I kind of traced it back to finding the quarry. <laughs> Literally, right. and I drove four hours in the middle of nowhere to the quarry where they were digging up the marble oh. to pick up my own marble and buy it direct from the direct <laughs> from the quarry. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about things like? Um, well, first of all, how many places have you fixed in Mexico City? Have you flipped? I, I just just the one. I'm still waiting to sell it. Oh, really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, this yeah. one you're living in is still the first one you've had? Yeah. God. Why did I think you... Don't rub it in. Oh, sorry. Oh, finally, someone hits <laughs> exactly. a snag. Okay, now let me, exactly. let me enjoy this for a minute. So what is the... Oh, this is the buying and selling part. This is the buying and this selling is the most, part. This is the thing that's making you look to even move back here. Possibly, yeah. It's bringing a lot of stress in my life. I've tried to describe this to people. Tell me what happened. So I, I'm a rich guy, so I say, I go look at your house. Yeah. Love it. Great. We want to make an offer. And what do you say? Great. What are you offering? All right. Well, I'll send it tomorrow. Yep. Well, normally it's no because we don't send offers. I think that's a very American thing because also in England, offers were, were verbal. So you make an offer to someone verbally and they okay. accept it or not. I'll say one million. And then you exactly say, great. I'll take a million for it. Let's sign the contract. Monday morning, 9 o'clock, we're going to sign the contract. Great. I'll be there. And you're going to be there with your 10% deposit. Yes, absolutely. Because exactly, that's how it works. 10%. Yeah. That's typical. Sometimes it's more. But I would say the minimum is 10% deposit. 
But how long before they have to come up with all of it? Um, when they're ready to close the closing. So 10 is just the holding fee. Pretty basically. much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's also the point where you sign a contract and it becomes a legally binding offer. They have to go through okay. with it or they lose. There's a quite a steep penalty. So I'll be there with my hundred grand and I'll sign that contract 9 a.m. Monday morning. Exactly. And then what's been happening now seven times. Seven. Seven is Monday morning, nine o'clock shows up and nobody else shows up. And 9.15, nobody's there. And 9.30, nobody's there. This has happened seven times. Seven times. So I pick up the phone to call you. And you see that it's me and you don't answer the phone. Mm. So I then send you a text message, which I can see that you've read, which says, hey, Mike, we still on for signing the contract? I can see you reading it and I can see you going offline and never replying again. And it's the last time I hear from these people. It's been incredibly frustrating. Oh, my God. And there's no call, no apology, no nothing. Nothing. I mean, I don't know if they got hit by a bus or <laughs> if they can't find the money or if they just changed their mind or... So what do you... Okay, so that habit of doing that, is it a a, a culture... Have you talked to the other Mexicans and I go, this, this is this part of the culture? Is this acceptable? They Every single one of them says, oh, that's terrible, Kathy. I'm so sorry. But yeah, unfortunately, that's how some people are. And now it's got to the point where people make me an offer and I say, you know what? That sounds great. I just want to ask you one thing. If for whatever reason you can't get the money or you can't follow through with this, just let me know. And they say, oh, that's terrible. We would never leave you hanging like that. Never, never, never. It's only horrible people to do that. And sure enough, the day comes and they still don't. Is it a way, I don't know, is it saving face or is it just avoidance is the way to save face? I don't know. Yeah, well, what they say... And there was, I read a really great book called uh, Mexicans and Americans Cracking the Cultural Code. Okay. Which, which helps you understand it. It does not take the stress out of it, though. But basically, it says that, that Mexicans don't want to let you down. They don't want to say no. So getting a Mexican to say yes to pretty much anything is easy. Is really easy. It's getting them to follow through. Okay. So, you know, we don't want to hurt your feelings. So, therefore, we're just going to say yes. Oh, that is frustrating. Yeah. Well, it's very. I mean, I've lived in Hollywood long enough, so I can handle. You know, that's just normal. Exactly, handle the rejection. I was well, a headhunter for God's sake. I can take no yes. for an answer. Well, I always uh, tell people who are, like get so frustrated about Hollywood. They go, everybody's so phony out there. Like New Yorkers, all you know, in, in New York, people say fuck you, and you know where you stand. You know where you stand is people saying fuck you to your face. Exactly. That's not good either. Right. You know, I don't want right. that. And so, you know, it only. The phoniness of L.A. only bothers you, or I shouldn't say all of it. I mean Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it bothers you if you believe them. Right. Like, after your show, they're going to come up to you, you were great. Exactly. We would love to, and you go, thank you. You <laughs> don't believe, don't believe them. Exactly. They could be just being polite. They, you know what? You would, you know, I'm going to, do you have any other Mexico. ideas? You, want you some... would survive in yes, Mexico because I'm... that's it. People look at me and they're like, well, Kathy, you're the idiot because you believe them. Yeah. <laughs> you believe they're actually going to show up. You're I the know. dummy. <laughs> And they'll say, we'll call you Monday. I go, yes, absolutely. Great, Can't yeah. wait to talk to you. And I don't expect them to call it, it, at That's all. exactly right. Yeah. Yep. So. so I actually have another offer on the table right now with a guy who was supposed to sign the contract before we left. And he was continuing to call, continue to send messages. And then it just didn't happen. And the first couple of days here, he's like, I'm ready. I've got the money. We're going to sign the contract as soon as you get back. I would like to say that I'm extremely excited. You can't be. No. And the hard thing for me is I'm a positive person. <laughs> But it's hard. But they're beating to, it out of you, huh? They're beating it out of me. It's really hard to maintain a positive attitude. Okay. I'm getting pretty negative. So aside from the business uh, practices, yeah. wh- what are some of the other uh, cultural differences that you've had a tough time to uh, adjust to? That's the that's the biggest one. Really? The, well, one other. What about social stuff? Yeah, the biggest social stuff, and um, it's not a problem with everybody, but it is a grand majority is a, a being late. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And we're not talking five, ten, twenty minutes late. I, Latin time, baby. I have a friend well, who's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful girl. I really love her. But I pretty much stopped hanging out with her because she would say she'd come over to pick me up, let's say, to go out at 7 o'clock at night, and she'd show up at 10.30. 10.30. There was – the first couple times it happened, I remember calling her and saying, hey, Deanna, you were supposed to be here a half hour ago. Where are you? Oh, well, I'm getting some hair extensions put in. Which apparently, I don't know, I've never had them. Apparently, it's like a two and a half hour process. <laughs> yeah. Another time, I was like, well, where are you? Oh, well, I stopped over at so-and-so's house to have a drink. And there's no phone call. I'm going to mm-hmm. be late. There's, it's frustrating. Not everyone is that bad. Usually, it's more like if you're going to have a dinner party and you want people there at 
eight, you tell them to come at six. Yeah. Yeah. So I always have to say when somebody invites me somewhere, if they say, oh, great, dinner's at seven, I'd say, okay, you're talking. Now, is that an American seven? Exactly. Or is so that... is it really at seven? Because if you, if you really want me there at 930, tell me 930. Because I'll be there at seven. If you might still be in your pajamas. I know. I've, I have a tough time getting used to that. Yeah. It's, so I really have to ask everybody. Now, even foreigners, because if they've lived there long enough, they've become. They fall right into yeah. it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, a hard, that's a hard one for me. That's a pet peeve of mine, too. Yeah. What about other things? I mean, uh, health-wise, they're like, um, you know, we always hear about this stuff about Mexico City, that it's super polluted. Not anymore. Okay. Not nearly what it used to be. Apparently, kind of 10, 20 years ago, it was really bad. Um, did the catalytic converter make it down there? Is that what happened? Yeah, I think eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, because eventually like, it did. Because here, in the, in the 70s, it was worse here in L.A. than it is now, even though there's like three times as many people now. Right. Because of like catalytic converters and exactly. like EPA you know, yeah. requirements and stuff like that. That's the thing. We all have emissions testing that's required for the Oh, you cars. do have it there. Yeah. Okay. But, but that law basically is one day a week, those bad cars can't drive. Okay. So the rest of the week, they're <laughs> yeah. driving down their own poof, poof, poof. Exactly. Smoke, you know, puffing out the back end. But you still, I mean, uh, how about sickness, uh, stomach sickness, food poisoning, mm-hmm. anything like that? Montezuma? An, uh, an amoeba twice. And that's pretty nasty. Oh, an amoeba. What's An amoeba. The, what does that mean, really? Just think it's water coming out the wrong end. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Well, how long does that last? Like, well, you figure, you figure it out pretty quickly, and they've got it down now to – it used to be kind of like a week's worth of pills, and then it was three days' worth, and now they've got it down to one really welcomed pill. But yeah. you pop the pill, and by, by the next day, you're fine. Do you think your, your body's kind of adjusted now? I do. As a matter of fact, I went to Mexico the first time, I think, in 1990. Three, I think it was. And I got your classic Montezuma's Revenge. And you think you're going to die. But I've, I've never had it like that since. So I think whatever kind of enters your system kind of stays there. Okay. And you get an immunity to it. That's my, my own personal <laughs> medical philosophy. Is there something about the Mexican culture that you kind of wish we did here? Um, yeah, I love... It's it's a love hate relationship in that I love that it's I love the slower pace of life I love that it's not all go about go money. go work 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 it's not all about money I love the super long dinners you know you might go to dinner at seven or eight o'clock at night and still be there at one in the morning still at the dinner table drinking some nice wine and just laughing with friends I really really like that yeah. um, I like the slow pace it's one of the reasons I moved to Mexico. But then it can also go to extremes where you just like, for God's sake, yeah, come on. Yeah, move your ass. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What about um, how – because immigration is such a big issue here, mm-hmm. especially now more than ever. I don't – you know, whatever the economy tanks. Right. Yeah, It's exactly. easy to turn and blame the – So true. It's the easiest target. Yep. It's, it's been going on since the beginning of time. Yeah. You know, and uh, – but how do, do the Mexicans that you know down there, which I'm guessing you probably hang out with a higher class – yeah. Because it's a pretty distinct class that's, system down there, too. That's very true. What are their thoughts about America, and, and what do you see in the media, and how is it portrayed? And, and well, you know, it's it's not really a big deal, because as you as you said, the, the type of people I'm hanging out with, and this is not an arrogance thing, it's just that they're, they're a more educated class. They're not swimming over the border begging to get jobs in America. No. As a matter of fact, most of the... No, they're winning. They're doing fine. They're, they're doing absolutely fine. They're doing amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of money in Mexico. There are a yeah. lot of... The richest really, guy in the world, I believe, is there now. He is. And there's a lot of, a lot of educated people in, in Mexico. Those people are quite happy. They're, they're super patriotic about their country. They don't want to leave. It's kind of your peasants from the mountains kind of people that there are no jobs. There is no work for them. And they're the ones kind of. No, I mean, you got to be pretty dire straits to risk your life to to yep. get, get over that border, yep. and do and, or desperate, exactly. you know, really desperate. And then it you is. get then you get the ones coming up through Mexico <clears throat> from Guatemala and El Salvador and yeah. stuff. So now, do the Mexicans look down on them? I mean, everybody looks down on somebody. Everybody shits on someone. It's so and, true. And, I don't, right? That's a really good question because it's not really a part of the conversation. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's not really talked about. Well, because they're not staying. They're going straight up to the U.S. Yeah, exactly. That if they be, stayed, that, could, that would be different. Exactly. Um, Those damn El Salvadorians. <laughs> but the other thing is the money being sent back to Mexico is a huge part of the Mexican budget. Like natural, I, GDP. I think it was like the number two to tourism or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's huge. When in 2008, when, when the global economy crashed, there were so many Mexicans apparently moving back to the U.S. because they didn't have the work here. 
And it was apparently it really affected the Mexican economy. Absolutely. Because it was such a huge percentage was coming from money being sent back from the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. It's such a it's odd looking at from different. And like, what is their news like? Is, is it so is it from what we see here? Like, I love watching Spanish TV here. Just yeah, it, I, I never I mean, watch it, it. It's so chauvinist, though. The TV, I mean, every, it's like a fat guy sitting next to, like, a woman, and they're all dressed like they're going out to a nightclub. Oh, my God. That, well, that is Oh, my dressed. God. Especially the women. Especially, you know, the weather girls. Yes. The we- well, yeah. It's so it's funny. It's like, is that a T-shirt or a dress? <laughs> <laughs> she's talking about a murder. Right. Fr- oh, God. Like, she's going dancing. Yeah. I'm a little ashamed to say I never, ever watch Mexican news. I will only watch kind of global news. Did you ever get... Um, any like instances that you can remember in your mind that like your language barrier really screwed something up or did they like, hmm. no, I said that wrong and I got not no. what I asked for. No, the, actually the funniest experience of that was when I was in high school and we had a Mexican exchange student and you know, I took a whopping two semesters of Spanish. So Jeez. I thought I was really Fluent. good. Wow. Right. <clears throat> so we were in Spanish class and he was sitting in front of me and he didn't speak any English. The, the exchange students. So people were asking, we're too afraid to talk to him. So <laughs> I think I'm, I'm this cocky little shit. And I said, I'm really sorry that no one's speaking to you. And I'm saying this in what I think is correct Spanish. And I was trying to say, I'm really sorry, but I think it's just because we're all too embarrassed. So I guessed at what the word embarrassed was. And I said, embarazada, which means pregnant. <laughs> so he looked at me and he said, oh. And he makes this move like, with his hand, like, oh, so you're pregnant. I'm like, no. <laughs> so what I told him was that I'm really sorry no one's talking to you. We're all too pregnant. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, I, had, I didn't have anything like that in, in Mexico, I don't think. Have you never had to use their uh, healthcare system or anything? Any uh, Touch wood is no. Didn't you have some kind of like a, I don't know, was it cancer or something? Yeah, kind of I, I had the cancer. Was it a lymph node or what was uh, it? Uh, thyroid. Thyroid, thyroid cancer. Thyroid yeah. cancer. But that was back here in the good old U.S. of A. So you had that taken care of here. Yep. 20-some okay. years ago now. Wow. Yep. I'm not even sure what... Okay, the thyroid has to do with weight, right? Doesn't that affect yeah, the weight gain? Yeah, it regulates gain? all of your hormones, but that's a, that's a big one, yeah. Okay, so it's in it's, your neck there. Yep, so if it's underactive, you tend to get fat. Oh, right. Yeah. Any side effects from that ever? No, thank God, no. Boy, so they got it right. They got it right. That's awesome. Well, well, there was kind of, yeah, I, let me take that back. There was a huge side effect. <laughs> they paralyzed my right vocal cord, which now blocks 50% of my airway. So I have a lot of breathing problems. Ah. But, you know, here I am. But, I don't have know, too bad of a life. living. No, you look I, great. I'm alive, so. You look fantastic. I thank you. So uh, what's next? What's the future? What's going to. That is a really good question. I'm trying to figure that out. Are you going to come back to the good old US of A? I might, at least part-time. I feel like these last couple of years, dealing with this stuff about selling the house has been really taking its toll. So I'm thinking that – I think part of the problem is all of my money is in these properties. And until they're sold, I'm living on fumes. Yeah. So not only am I bored and have no other project to do, I have no money to just kind of – to do anything fun, to go travel, whatever. So – just having even uh, to be able to come back to the U.S. every now and again kind of gives me a little bit of that fix so that when I go out, when I go back, I'm happy again. <laughs> yeah, right. So, but, so yeah, I don't but, know. So the future, I mean, maybe it means I'll be getting – maybe at some point in the next few years I'll think about getting a place back here in the U.S. and spending at least part of the year here. Well, you're not going to find cheap beachfront property around here, Missy. I'll tell no, you that much. No, I just came in from La Jolla and yesterday – Oh, that's like gorgeous. Oh, my God. Yesterday I was walking around – and I, took a, I took a long walk by myself, probably about an hour, and I was staying a block off the beach. So I was walking in that area, and I saw these little shacks, I mean, bungalows, okay, but kind of shacks. So I got online after I got home, just for kicks. Can I guess? Yeah. Shacks? How, right by the beach? A block away? Within four or five blocks even. Okay. And we're talking about... Um, like two bedroom, it, one bath, uh, one, shack. one bedroom, one bath, even some were kind of, I think the cheapest one I saw, Hold on, I'm guessing I'm not going to say the price, um, was <laughs> probably, I think it was six or 800 square feet. 1.5 million. Yep. <laughs> Did I call that or yeah, what? You called it. Oh, they're Bang. all Isn't that crazy. There were some things just a hair under a million, but we were Insane. talking shacks, shacks, shacks. They're probably like a hundred years old. Yeah. 
But the, but the location. Of course. <laughs> the location. Exactly. Was amazing. Exactly. So you're trying to unload these properties. Yeah. And I still have one more project to do in Mexico City, which I'm actually looking forward to. Well, you just said you didn't have another. Uh, you well, have I, no no fun money to to play around with. I don't, but I but you've I already bought it. I've already bought it. Okay, <laughs> I just can't. I bet I, you showed up to the meeting. I showed with up with ten percent. You're darn tootin'. <laughs> <laughs> so, My word means something. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> what do you miss most about? Like, you used to do so much traveling. Yeah. If you could go back to anywhere, where would you go? That's a good question. The first place you would go. What do you miss most? Like whether it's in Europe or you went to Africa as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and a little bit of the Middle East. I love. I would do more traveling in the Middle East. Really? Yeah. I saw. I've been to Morocco. I want to go there. Morocco's great. Marrakesh yeah. is great. Yeah, really great. Have you been to Jordan? Yes, I just went to Petra. That's that's pretty much what I did too. Yeah. A little bit of Amman, but that's great. That's beautiful. R- beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I less- don't know that I'd go back anywhere. I, I there's so many places on this earth to see. I would, where, I would. Where do you want to go that you haven't been? I would love to do um, Thailand, Cambodia, Laos. You haven't been? No. You would and love I have, it. I know. And I have so many friends who've done that trip. Yeah. I was pretty envious when you went. You would like that a lot. Yeah. You would yeah. enjoy that. So um, I wanted to ask you about, because people talk about this now and it's become kind of like a, a, a you know, a new thing as, as healthcare and everything else gets really a lot more expensive here. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are retiring overseas, uh-huh. and you're kind of like been semi-retired, or yeah, I semi. guess you would be semi-retired. <laughs> semi-retired. Um, what advice can you give people who are thinking about doing this? Do it. That's my advice. Okay. Give up whatever fear you have and just do it. It's only as difficult as you make it. It's only as difficult as your fears tell you it is. It's really not that tough. <laughs> I guess that's not really very good advice, but well, it's, it's mostly, it, it is it's fear. Just, I mean, that's it's, that's what stops most people from most things. Is it fear. is. They're, they're, people say, "Oh, your life it seems so great," and I wish I could do it, or I would only do it if I didn't have kids, if I didn't have this job, if I whatever. How much did you plan though to to drop out? I mean, I don't want to say drop out, but when you left <laughs> London, right. or when you left your day job for good. Um, was there like a number in your head that you said, I'm going to have to have this amount saved up before I go? Or did you just kind of like, now's the time, I feel it. It was more now's the time. Okay. And because, I were, like I said, I really was never kind of fully retiring. It wasn't like, oh, I have all this money now, so I'm just going to retire. I still always planned on... But real estate was doing, your... That's right. It was kind of my thing. Okay. And because it's kind of a long process, um, for example, in, in London, it was taking me kind of on average five or six months to do up a property and then another few months to sell it. So I would have to be there for for the remodel for the five or six months. But then technically, if I wanted to take off, I could. I mean, in, in a place like the UK, in a place like the United States, you can pretty much leave it in the hands of the realtors. In Mexico, I would never do that. Yeah. But there you could. So you think it's going to stay real estate for you? I mean, yeah. You seem yeah. to be, you know it well. You're good at it, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. I think I found my niche. <laughs> Yeah, it has its stresses, but I really do enjoy it. And I think I probably won't do it as much. My biggest problem is, you know, sometimes, especially women, you know, we're sucker for sales. But most normal women will be a sucker for sale, like for a new coat they see on sale. So they just can't pass it up. I kind of have this problem with houses where I just see a bargain. <laughs> yeah. And I can't pass it up. But it's knowing the bargain, though. It's, it's yeah. being able to see it. I've been very fortunate, and I, then that I have been able to see it, and it's always paid off. It's always paid off. I've never – I'm afraid to say I've never taken a loss. You're, she's um, knocking on wood, ladies and gentlemen, or <laughs> fake wood. wood <laughs> exactly, kind of plywood. Ikea wood. Um, but I don't – I think my biggest mistake is spreading myself too thin. So right. my returns have been really great, but it means I spend a lot of time being poor or having no spending money. So I think after this next one, I'm going to really slow down and – she says, "Yeah, and only invest, <laughs> you heard it here first, but. and only invest a portion of what I'm making, as opposed to kind of all of it." Yeah, and have to live on beans and rice or something. But you know, the risks are. I mean, if you don't take the risk, you don't have a, a family. Yep, that's the other thing we should say about you know you're doing all this with not you know yeah. with no kids or a husband, uh, exactly. so you're pretty much free to do what you want. But this is when you can gamble. That's right. You know, it's just you. I, I've had this conversation with so many people because really, it's been. A blessing. There's no way I could have taken these risks, even though I consider them educated risks. There's no way I could have taken these risks if I had 
Little kids relying on me. Exactly. You know, or a family to support. I feel the same way about like chasing after, you know, exactly. wanting to be a, on TV or going to LA exactly. and Hollywood and stuff, you know? Exactly. So you kind of think, well, what's the worst case scenario? The worst case scenario is I fail miserably. I lose everything. It's but only not, me that has to pay the price. And your dogs. You got dogs. Right? I have one dog and one, one cat. Do- okay. Yeah. My babies. I would feed them before me, I, I think. think. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling they're, they're living pretty well. They're living high on the hog. I bet. In a 10,000 square foot right. house in Acapulco. Right. And they both travel back and forth from Mexico City to Acapulco with me every time I go. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. That's great. What's the, I mean, driving down there, how's that? Like Fantastic. There's a, there's a great highway. Okay. I've now driven four times back and forth from Mexico to Chicago. You drove through? Yeah. Oh my God. As a matter of fact, I'm driving back next week. Um, from Mexico City to Chicago, it's four days. Any cops pull you over when they see the gringa driving alone? Actually, yeah, we've been pulled over a couple of times. Mm-hmm. We haven't ever had to pay a ticket. <laughs> How'd you get out of it? We're gringas. Oh, I don't know. Uh, we've got blue eyes. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, they're really not too hard on, on foreigners. What? Especially I thought that's where foreigners. you get all the uh, – that's where they get all the money, I guess. Yeah, they probably do. But I don't know. Maybe it's because we're female because I drive back with a female friend of mine. And maybe it's because we're girls. I don't know. But we – Does knowing Spanish help we, you think in that? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just kind of batter eyes and say, please, officer. Who's the other girls? I'm really sorry. You got a bunch of girls down there? Yeah, I got a bunch of girls I down really there. I really got to visit now. I this have is, my, friend, my friend Gina who is originally from Chicago. And Another one. When she was in college, she went down when she was 22 – um, fell in love with a Mexican, moved Here down there. Twenty nine years later, she's still there with the same guy. Uh, still lives with the same guy in the same house with the guy, but they're no longer oh, together. Oh, this is a TV yeah, show that writes itself. The honest to God. <laughs> yeah, but she goes back to Chicago every year for the summer, and so we only met about a year and a half ago. So I'm her new driving partner. Okay, and you yeah. are. I mean, do you have any visa issues? Like, are you? You're not a citizen. Then. No, I'm are not you? a citizen. As a matter of fact, when I bought. The land, as I was telling you, you had to, you could buy it by opening a Mexican corporation with foreign investment. That automatically gave me a kind of like a working visa. Okay. Um, does it so have to be renewed every? It does every year. It has to be okay. renewed. But luckily for me, I didn't. I haven't had any problems because so of that. It's not one of those visa runs. Where you have to leave the country for like ten minutes and then get exactly. your stamp. Exactly. You have to right. do that. No, I don't have to do okay. that. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. So any parts um, for people who want to go to Mexico? Mm-hmm. Your favorite. Vacation spots that maybe Americans that don't word know favorite about. Favorite again? Well, um, you know what I mean that that maybe they don't know about because everybody knows the big ones. Yeah, there. Well, there are some places that I haven't been yet that I'm dying to go. One of them is called the Barrancas del Cobre, uh, the Copper Canyon, and it is four times larger than the Grand Canyon. Wow. Yeah, and have you ever heard of it? No. Most Americans haven't heard of it, so I'm I'm dying to go. Um, it's in Chihuahua. It's in the north of the country. Okay. It's supposed to be amazing. Copper Canyon. Yeah, Chiapas is in the south of the country. And it's also supposed to be utterly beautiful. That's where Palenque is. I don't know if you've heard of Palenque. That's where all the rebels are, right? Isn't yeah, there's a lot of a lot of rebels down there. Yeah, but that's also supposed to be stunningly beautiful. Okay. And I've never been there. I'd like to go. Um, every beach we've got, as most people do know that we've got some really amazing beaches. Um, if you want to be around other Americans, you can go to places like San Miguel Why de Allende. Why would I want that? <laughs> exactly. Sadly, a lot of Americans want to go where there's other Americans. I know. I know. It's it's sad, but it's true. Um, what about, San Miguel's pretty cool. What about your favorite food that you've had in Mexico that you can't live without now that you live there? Oh, that's tough. I, Mexican street food is amazing. Yeah. So there there are a lot of things I could I could tell you, but I don't know if you ever would have heard of any of them. Tlacoyos. I live in L.A. Sopes. I'm sure I have. Yeah, you probably have. Sopes. We have them all the time. Exactly. I can go down and get them at the 7-Eleven. Yes. I get the best, <laughs> one of the best taco trucks in the city right around the corner from me here. We have to go. Five nights a week. Oh, yeah. It's, awesome. It's unbelievable. It's really good. <laughs> You'd love it. Yeah, but no, Mexican street food is really, really great. Do you ever see some funky stuff that you won't eat? Because like this one specializes, I mean, they have everything. They have like, you know, tongue. Yeah, you get that. Yeah, that's that kind of stuff. Now I okay, have no yeah, hoof. Do they have hoof? I'm well I'm known the truck, but you can get it. There's markets right. you can get it. Here. Yeah, so yeah, there's there's stuff like that. Chapulines. Have you heard of chapulines? Oh no, what is that? Those are grasshoppers, fried grasshoppers. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I've had, I've tried them. I have a rule in my life that I will try any food in any country at least once. Okay, and they, and they was it like deep fried. They're deep fried, and you they they will put them on. Cause sometimes they'll put it in guacamole. 
And um, um, or like in a, a in a quesadilla, oh. you really can only taste the grease that they're fried in. Yeah, exactly. You can deep fry anything, really. Exactly. You bread anything, you exactly. deep fry it. You can. But you I can know. say, oh, ate it. Yeah. Done. Don't ever have to do that again. <laughs> I had some of those in Asia. I think it's something like it. Like I've had bugs before. Yeah. And what about in the Philippines? Did you try bulut? I uh, no, no. I I I knew what it was. I, I did. saw it. it. You did have it. Yes. Well, in, I, when were you in the Philippines? I was. That's what gave me my travel bug. I was sent there my senior year of high school as a foreign exchange student. Oh my god! We didn't talk about year. that at all. I know. I lived that's there for a year. Great. Um, that's another episode. I know. And you ate balut. <laughs> and I ate balut. For people who don't know, it's it's an egg with a half formed chicken in it. Yeah, duck. It's a duck. Yeah. Okay. And it's disgusting, right? Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. Oh. You you first kind of just make a little hole in it and you drain out the liquid. Oh. And what I did learn the hard way, and I was. 16, just so you know, was that you should really not, you should really pop the whole egg in your mouth because I made the mistake of biting Smelling it, in it ha- first? No, biting it in half. And the people I was with were like, no, go, you only got the head. Oh. And it's a t- little bit crunchy because the baby the bones? bones are being formed. Oh. Oh. Yeah, not something I'm in a hurry to try again. Oh, I got sent to the Philippines where the worst food is. It, it, I have to so say, bad. as much as I love the Filipino people. It's awful. The, the food's horrible. <laughs> Yes. Horrible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was I just there. That back. was the worst part about being there. I just went back two years ago for my 25th high school. It still sucks, right? It still sucks. Yeah, it didn't change. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> so after all this, do they think you're crazy when you go back to Granville, Illinois? Like, where do you live? Yeah. They, they, prob- they, they, probably they think, think I'm you're, crazy, but they all, they all want to hear the stories. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Does it, has, my family thinks I'm nuts. Has America changed, you think, since you've been back? Yeah. In what way? Yeah, not for the better. Well, whether it's talking about the gun violence or health care or I, – I, and I'm not anti-American, but this country is seriously messed up and it makes me really, really sad. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've – we like to talk about you know gun control issues and all these issues. I think we've got some mental health issues that if we cleared those up, <laughs> everything else would kind of – Magically clear up. But those are the two things that I can't explain to people when, when I'm overseas. They, mm-hmm. And they always ask me about that they can't figure out about America. Mm-mm. It's the guns and the healthcare. They can't. Yeah. It's like, how is it so? And I, yeah, after a while, you just go, I, I don't know. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. But it's just so sad, isn't it? I know. It's the one we can't seem to figure out. And like, there's, there's better ways we can do it. We just can't seem to get there. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Yep. All right. Any last thoughts? No. Come to Mexico. Okay. <laughs> you sold Mexico. Mexico pretty well. Apparently, I have a place to stay. I, I don't know. I was talking about corruption and bribery. <laughs> well, Honest to God, folks, it's a great place. <laughs> I do love it. It's worth coming to visit. There's I grasshoppers promise. if you need to, if you're hungry. Oh, what I didn't mention, I rent out my lovely, amazing 10,000 square foot house in okay. Acapulco. Yeah, Come we can and plug something. If, yeah, if please people plug are my interested. House. Um, and it's for sale. Okay. Is there a website or something they can go to? Um, no. Okay. There, I um yeah I need to I need to do that don't I? We can plug anything you oh, well, want. Well, there's a, it's advertised on Viviun.com, and if you go Vivi, to V I V I U M, no Viviun with an N, sorry Viviun.com, and if you click on Acapulco, it's probably still on the first page. <laughs> it's it's the model. It's, it's, it's the, the showpiece. It's a, it's a big house with a great big arch. Yeah, that's really pretty awesome. shitty. You should have told me I was doing this. I could have come more prepared. <laughs> We could, uh, go to www.crap. I didn't put anything you together. You know what it is? When uh, when people go to my, my website, I'll put a link there, whatever you want. That to would be fab. Okay, so go yeah. to TravelTalesPodcast.com and see uh, the story under uh, Kathy, and you'll have the link to her house if you're Perfect. looking for a uh, million-dollar house in Acapulco. And who is it, really? It exactly. is a gorgeous house, though, from what I've seen. Yeah, you have to come. So, But don't sell it before I get there. I want, to, I want to go see it. All right. So don't buy it now, folks. Just rent it for a little <laughs> yeah. while until Mike comes. <laughs> you know what? Put your 10% down and promise you'll be there. <laughs> exactly. I'll see you Monday morning at 9 o'clock. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, Kathy Bianchi, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.